Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with recent bride Kristen Scholler about her wishes wedding at Walt Disney World. And I wanted to bring Kristen back on the show to follow up because we actually spoke about a year ago when I interviewed some people who had been to the Disney's Fairytale Weddings Bridal Showcase to see what they thought of the showcase and whether it was helpful in their planning. And then she also shared a little clip on a recent show about doing a photographic first look. So I thought you guys would be interested to hear how everything turned out. Welcome, Kristen. Hello. Hello. Thanks for being back on the show. No problem. So I can't wait to find out how all these things went and follow up on a couple of things we talked about the last few times you were on the show. But first, let's just start at the beginning for listeners who are not familiar with your story. How did you guys decide on a Disney Wishes wedding? Well, I moved down to Florida when I was seven, and I actually grew up around Disney World. And when Jeff and I met, we were going to grad school in Orlando. So we very quickly started going to Disney all the time, and Jeff grew to love it, too. Our relationship ended up having a lot of Disney moments. We went on a lot of dates there, and he actually ended up proposing to me at the Osborne Family Lights at Hollywood Studios. So Disney just kind of was a natural fit. And also with living in Orlando, it was just a great venue, you know, a great local venue to have it at. And our family's all in the Northeast. So we kind of figured if they're going to travel all the way down here anyway, we may as well make it to a destination that can really double as a good trip and family vacation for them. That's great. It really worked out for you because for so many of us, we live so far away that our family is like, what? But this made a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah, they'd have to come to Orlando anyway. So that's great. So then were they surprised when you said Disney? Were they like, oh, we thought you were going to get married in a church? Or were they like, oh, that's so you guys? They all knew it was very us. (laughs) I don't (laughs) think anyone was really, at least on my side of the family, no one was really shocked because my whole side of the family loves Disney and his side of the family was so excited about it too because it was something so different. So everyone was happy. That's cool. How many guests ended up coming? We invited about 185 and ended up having about 110. Oh, great. Okay. So then what locations did you choose? We chose the wedding pavilion for our ceremony. The reason we picked the wedding pavilion was guest count was actually the main factor because we were planning, you know, so many guests, a lot of the ceremony venues, at least outside of the theme parks in the resorts are smaller, like Seabreeze Point, they told us was about 80 people. So a few of them were knocked out of the park immediately. And the top three that would fit our guests were the Wang Pavilion, the Yacht Club Gazebo, and the Croquet Lawn. And our favorite of those was the Wedding Pavilion, also because of rain. We weren't really fans of the rain backups. And at the Wedding Pavilion, you don't have to worry about the weather. So that worked out great. And 
we're both religious and we wanted a religious ceremony and we could have that anywhere, but Jeff really liked how the wedding pavilion still kind of had that traditional kind of chapel feel to it. So it just worked out nicely between weather. We like how it looked and it just kind of had a nice traditional feel to it for the day. That's great. And for a reception, we chose Atlantic Dance Hall. When we were deciding on a Disney wedding, I really was excited to show off all the unique venues Disney had. And don't get me wrong, the ballrooms are beautiful. And especially if you have a very specific design in mind, I think a ballroom is a great clean slate to do that in. But for us, we were kind of like, well, we could do a ballroom anywhere. So we wanted somewhere a little different. But again, our guest count was kind of restrictive of some venues and the one that we liked that fit our guest count the most was Atlantic Dance Hall because it wasn't a ballroom it did not need a lot of decoration at all and it fit with our theme and my favorite resort is the boardwalk but since we had our ceremony at the Grand it still let us bring the boardwalk into our wedding even though our ceremony was at the Grand and then finally Italia Sola was for our dessert party and honestly the reason we picked that was guest count um, oh, yeah. as it was for everything but guest count made us choose either Italia Sola or France but for France we'd have to rent the upper and the lower parts of it and we had a few guests in wheelchairs and we were just like having stairs not so great so we picked Italy and it ended up being perfect all the venues really were amazing that's fantastic and honestly Italy has the better view of the two so you really yes. did well that's great. So it sounds like you maybe had a boardwalky theme or did you have kind of a Disney theme or Disney touches? Well, for Disney touches, we had Mickey waffles. I love Mickey waffles. <laughs> we did brunch food. So Jeff likes more lunch and dinner food. I like breakfast food. So even though we had a noon wing, we were like, it's our wedding and we want brunch. So we did it. <laughs> um, so that was a touch. And then we also had um, some Mickey balloons as decor. But our main theme was overall was retro. I love like the 1950s. So we had, you know, kind of a 50s theme with like vintage Coke bottles were our centerpieces. And we had a few touches of birds, which is ironic, which I'll talk about later because we actually had a live bird at our wedding, which I'll get into later. (laughs) I hope they didn't charge you extra. (laughs) No. Um, And we also incorporated colors we liked from the boardwalk. So our colors were like sky blue, aqua and mint with like pops of red. And for my bridesmaids, for example, I told them, pick whatever dress you want in that color scheme. So there was like a nice kind of rainbow of colors within that spectrum. So it was really beautiful. And this is kind of funny, but Jeff and I work in the video game industry. He's a video game designer. I'm a video game artist. So games are obviously a big thing for us. And my favorite game and one of his favorite games is called Bioshock. And I think we gave our floral planner a bit of a eyebrow raise when we were trying to describe the game to her because we wanted to incorporate it into our theme. But basically the aesthetic of it is art deco and has elements of the 20s, 40s, and 60s in it. So we kind of wanted to incorporate little hints of it that if you knew the game, you would get it. But if you didn't know the game, it wasn't hitting you in the face with it. So that was kind of our big, complicated retro theme. And how did they do that? It was more with the do-it-yourself projects. I made a lot of signs. Um, We had a sign for our unplug ceremony, which I can describe later. We had signs for signing the guest book, menus for our special drinks, etc. And so I put little hints in there, whether it was a popular phrase in the game is, would you kindly? So like a lot of the things are, would you kindly sign the guest book or would you kindly turn off your cameras or whatever? I also drew, there's a little character in there that's used in the in-game advertisements that I used in the signs. And our special drink was actually called Mr. Bubbles, who's a character from the game. And music 
was a huge thing. We came into Bobby Darren's Beyond the Sea at our reception, and our cake cutting was Johnny Mathis's Wonderful, Wonderful. And both of those are real songs, but they're in the game. So people who, my friends who played the game, came up to me afterward. They were like, I love the Bioshock music. But since they were real songs, if you didn't know the game, it still seemed normal. So it was actually (laughs) pretty subtly done, but people who knew the game really liked it. That's great. When we were trying to describe it to our floral plant, we're like, it's this game about an underwater city that's built in the 40s, but then it kind of gets destroyed and you're in this destroyed city. And she's just staring at us like, what on earth are you talking about? And finally, we're like, never mind. We'll, we'll just do it ourselves. <laughs> so it worked out. <laughs> that's great. So one thing I'm curious about, well, first of all, you mentioned that you had an unplugged ceremony, and maybe you can describe this a little bit for my listeners. I wish I had known about this at the time that we did ours. (laughs) Yes, it was the best decision ever, and I highly recommend it to anybody. Basically, what an unplugged ceremony is, is it's politely requesting your guests to turn off their cameras and cell phones for the ceremony. I've seen some do it at the reception, but for us, we were fine with reception. We didn't care. It was just for the ceremony, just to allow guests to really be present and in the moment with you because so many times in wedding photos, I actually used to assist with photographing weddings. Guests either get in the way of the photographers or I was actually in a wedding as um, a maid of honor where a guest was walking behind us during prayer with a disposable (laughs) camera. So you hear a little clink, 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 you know, and you're like, what on earth? Um, (laughs) And it makes it hard for your photographers, but also when you're walking down the aisle, you don't see anyone's faces. You just see a sea of iPhones staring at you. We didn't want that. And we had seen it on a few blogs the concept and we talked it over with our families and they were they thought I was great you know my parents were like oh yes you should totally do that so what we did is we had a sign at the entrance to the uh, wedding pavilion that I made and then our officiant before anyone started walking down just you know politely said you know the bride and groom would like you to put them away you know so you can be present in the moment and they will share all their professional images with you and we only had one person that didn't really seem to like it but everybody else actually said they loved it because they were really in the moment and present for it and when I walked down the aisle I got to see everyone smiling at me not (laughs) staring at their phones (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah that's great another thing that you had talked about on an earlier show was you originally were not going to do a first look where the two of you met for photos before the ceremony and then you changed your mind so I'm curious to hear how that turned out Oh, it was wonderful. It was funny because Disney kind of defaults. If you get married at the Wang Pavilion, they default to you being on the staircase, which I've seen before. And and it's very beautiful. You know, the big staircase in the main lobby. And our photographer actually asked us like shortly before our first look was going to happen. She was like, do you, do you want it there? Or was that what Disney said? And I was like, honestly, if you have a better place in mind. I'm open to it. So they actually took us to a different location, which I was kind of relieved because I wasn't quite used to being in a big wedding dress yet. And I was like, I am going to face plant down the staircase. (laughs) So they actually took us to this very out of the way little walkway that wasn't crowded at all. And I was so excited. Oh, I'm getting all emotional just thinking about it. But he had his back to me and, you know, they said, take your time. Don't think you have to walk fast for us. And I walked up behind him and I tapped him on the shoulder and he turned around and he had the best reaction because Jeff is much more reserved than me and that's actually why he wanted to do the first look because he's like if I see you for the first time in front of 110 people I'm going to be thinking keep it together and he didn't you know he actually had a reaction in front of me and I cried and it was beautiful (laughs) so I yeah I don't regret it at all I'm so glad we did it oh that's wonderful 
So let's talk about your reception a little bit. Uh, One of the things we talked about on the show where we were talking about the bridal showcase was that you got to ask David Tutera a question about having a dry wedding for your daytime wedding. And I thought he gave you a pretty flippant answer that was sort of like, (laughs) oh, you know, nobody has a wedding without booze, honey, or something like that. And Mm -hmm. and I, I thought it was really kind of selling short and not thoroughly considering this idea. So what did you guys finally decide to do? We ended up having it dry and no one cared. (laughs) No one complained. No one cared. We actually, a few people that knew it was dry had a little bit beforehand, like not drunk or anything like that, but they just had a little bit and which was totally fine with us. We didn't care. We had one like specialty mocktail that was like lime juice and blueberry and pineapple juice and mint and stuff. So there was like a special drink, but honestly, no one seemed to mind. Like everyone had such a great time. We had people on the dance floor. We had people that were out, you know how Atlantic Dance Hall has like the balconies. People were out there catching up, you know, if they didn't feel like dancing. Everyone was happy and we honestly did not get one single complaint or anyone asking us where's the alcohol. So, I mean, for people that want it, great. But for people who don't want it but feel pressure to, no one cared. And our reception actually went from about 115 to 7 because we had to extend it because of the dessert party. And even with that long of a reception that went till the evening, no one cared. Yeah, that's great to hear. Uh, and probably saved a lot of money. <laughs> yes, saved a ton of money. We did the bill on consumption for the soda. Our planner recommended it because she said with having a specialty drink, you don't want to do package for soda because you don't know people might load up on the specialty drinks and barely touch your soda. And I knew from your podcast that bill and consumption worked out great. And we're getting quite a bit back from that. So we did save money not doing alcohol. That's really great. And that's another thing I'd be interested to know about because you had this funny scheduling thing where because your ceremony started at noon, the way the reception worked and then going to the dessert party after there was like this funny gap. So you decided to extend your reception. How did that turn out? Were people like, when's this thing going to be over? Or did they not even notice? (laughs) It seemed to go great because we still had people dancing all the way to the end. The way Lisa worked it, that was our planner. She was actually really great and flexible with it where the cocktailer was originally supposed to start at one. She pushed it to one fifteen because she said, really, no one's going to be arriving before then. And then she extended it to 7.15 so that transportation would work out well because we had some people, including us, walked to the dessert party because I wanted to walk through Epcot in my wedding dress. <laughs> um, but some people took a bus because we had some older relatives and some people in wheelchairs and just some people who were tired who didn't want to walk. Um, but it really arranged in a very fluid way. And no one seemed bored or anything because, like I said, some people were dancing till the end. Um, when we did our last dance with every everyone, the dance floor was full. But I think the nice thing is that Atlantic Dance Hall has the, you know, like I mentioned, the outdoor balcony areas. So there's really nice, quiet places that people, if they don't want to dance, they can just catch up because there was family that hadn't seen each other in a while. So everyone was happy either dancing or talking or whatever that we think people just had such a good time. No one seemed exhausted. That's a good point, too. And something I like to remind people, because I think as brides, we feel obligated to entertain people every single moment of the entire reception. And you forget that a lot of these people, it's the first time they've seen each other in a long time where they've never met. And just getting to know each other isn't part of the reception. Exactly. Because I was so zen the day of the wedding, except for about like a 10 minute gap in the reception where I was a little worried because I saw a lot of people out on the balconies and I was like, oh my goodness, like they're not having a fun time. They're not dancing, etc. And then like a few minutes later, I was like, no, 
they just don't want to dance and they're having a good time talking to each other because they're all outside talking and laughing and eating and stuff and I'm like there's nothing to worry about like they're just enjoying themselves doing that so I agree I think I mean it's important to keep your guests in mind but like you said people don't need to be entertained 24 7 and we had some people that couldn't come to the dessert party and some people like that day could not make it but we had like the vast majority of the guests come to the dessert party which showed they were still having like a great time and still had more in them even after that long of a reception which was great. That's very cool. And so how did the dessert party turn out? Were they really excited to have this private party with the fireworks and everything? Yes. Um, a lot of them hadn't even been to Epcot. It was really funny because one of my cousins actually was so excited. He was there with his fiance. They'd never been to Epcot before. And they actually, them and my dad asked one of the attendants, you know, are we allowed to walk around the World Showcase? And the way he put it was, well, you're not allowed to walk around the World Showcase, but if you need to use the bathroom and you take a long time, I can't say anything. <laughs> so like the people were super nice and everyone was excited. One of our guests is actually from Italy. So for him to be in the Italy Pavilion, he was like beside himself. <laughs> it was actually really sweet. And the, the dessert was amazing and the fireworks were amazing. And everyone said it was such a perfect send off. And I really like it and recommend it because the way I look at it is receptions are pretty much food, which everyone likes, and then dancing. And not everyone likes dancing, but everyone likes dessert and fireworks. So if you're going <laughs> to end the night on a high note, I think that's something that everyone will enjoy. Oh, that's a great point. So then what turned out to be your favorite memory of your wedding day? I have a few. I think everyone has a few. <laughs> You're allowed. <laughs> um, the first look was one of my favorites because it was such a nice moment with just Jeff and I and us just being us and excited. Also, the moment with Jeff and I after the ceremony, they take you like to the, you know, the shrubbery that kind of frames the castle behind Wedding Pavilion. Yeah. The, our photographer took us there and that was fun too because we were like, oh, we're married and it's just the two of us. The couple other moments is with my dad right before the doors opened was my one like hit of nervousness where I was just like, oh my goodness, because like a hundred people are going to be staring at you. That's terrifying. But it was just so neat because that was like the high point of the excitement for the day. The other moment was kind of funny. It was during the ceremony, our fishing, you know, asked us to look out over everyone that had gathered, you know, to see us and everything. And so we're looking at them, they're looking at us, and I didn't know what to do, so I just waved to everybody, <laughs> which everyone thought was funny, and it just broke the ice, and the rest of our ceremony was so laid back, and just so us, and people actually said to us afterwards that they had never seen such a laid back and just happy ceremony that didn't feel super stuffy or anything, so it really just broke the ice and set the tone for the whole day, and I loved it. Uh, that's wonderful. Did anything go wrong or not turn out like you expected? A few things, but not like even the things that went quote unquote wrong weren't things that bothered me. One of them was my fault. We actually had a few kinds of boutonnieres. For the fathers, we had floral boutonnieres. For the ushers, we had the little grape pins from up. And for Jeff and his six groomsmen, we had boutonnieres that were feathers and berries. And for some reason, when I was ordering Jeff and the groomsmen's, I thought six groomsmen, six boutonnieres, and completely left Jeff out of the oh. equation. <laughs> and when we were staying at the Grand Floridian, we didn't even ask for this, but they actually put my room next to Jeff's room. So we were actually getting ready right next to each other, which was very convenient for our photographers and videographers. But one of the photographers came in with the box of boutonnieres and was like, Kristen, I'm so sorry, but the guy sent me over. There's only six. And I was completely zenned out at that moment. And I just looked at him and I said, well, 
I guess someone won't be wearing a boutonniere. I don't know what else to tell you. They're kind of <laughs> like, oh, okay. And everyone was shocked I didn't freak out. But <laughs> once Disney heard of it, within like 15 seconds, they had whipped up this very simple red rose boutonniere and they gave it to the best man and it still fit our colors and kind of set the best man apart. But just out of nowhere, the minute they heard there was a problem, boom, it was fixed, which was amazing. Um, The second thing that went wrong, for lack of a better term, is we had asked for the organ to sound like a piano. We just liked how it sounded better. And Jeff and the wedding party were walking into the medallion calls from Pirates. That was Jeff's request. And we just thought on piano it sounded a little less ominous and piratey. <laughs> well, when Dad and I, you know, they close the doors and Dad and I step up, it was full-blown organ. And it was so fun because as we walked up, there's a part in the medallion calls where it's kind of like the sea of souls where you hear all like the souls in the water almost start like doing creepy singing and that's on the organ and that part was hitting as dad and I walked up to the doors and I was like that's not a piano and dad's like no it's not and I was like that's okay I don't care and a few people after were like oh your pirate music was so cool so I was like oh it worked out (laughs) Um, so it wasn't a big deal I mean what are you going to do open the door and you know hit the lady with your bouquet or something you know (laughs) if that's the worst that happens two more things that kind of went wrong but weren't a big deal at all is our DJ actually posted a picture when he went to Atlantic Dance Hall and on the marquee where it says your names mine was spelled wrong but they actually I know it was E-N Kristen with an E-N but they had actually fixed it before any guests showed up so my guess is one of the planners saw it and was like no and quick switched it so the only reason I know is because he posted one photo to Instagram where it was E-N yeah I know everything that went good I know Disney's just like done um (laughs) But the best one is earlier I mentioned we had a bird. (laughs) So what happened? It was so funny. Apparently, when the ushers very first opened the doors, they were so proud. They opened the doors to the wedding pavilion, and this female cardinal just shot by (laughs) and just, like, cannonballed into the wedding pavilion. And they couldn't get her out. And her male mate was on the other side of the window. So she was up in, like, the bell tower part of the wedding pavilion, pecking at the windows. Well, I didn't even notice her during the ceremony. And it was funny because there was one part where she chirped and I, even our efficient commented on it. But at the time I was like, wow, that's so loud. Normally their windows and walls are more soundproof than that. Cause I thought she was still outside. And then at the very end of the ceremony, she like shot between Jeff and I ah. and like landed in the, the big window that like frames the castle. Mm-hmm. She just like landed on that <laughs> very delicately and that was like the end of our ceremony. We actually had a couple of people that were like, is that a Disney thing? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. And um, I mean, it was fine. We managed to get her out afterwards. One of my photographers and bridesmaids shoot her out while we were taking photos. So she was safe. The only bad part is she did manage to poop on a guest. (laughs) One of our guests came up to me and she was like, so I got a warning shot. And I was like, oh, it's okay. You know, it was like in front of her and she's like, oh, okay, she's all emptied out. And she's like, next thing I know I was pooped on, but she thought it was funny. So thankfully the only person who got hit thought it was funny. So, um, so I mean, I guess that technically was something that went wrong, but we thought it was hilarious. And then outside of the wing pavilion was a rabbit too. So all the groomsmen were asking me when Bambi was going to show up. <laughs> it does sound so Disney. You've got these birds coming in to, to herald your marriage. You know, it's not Disney if they're pooping on the guests. <laughs> exactly. So those were the only things that went quote unquote wrong, but either they were fixed right away or it was something that really was not a big deal at all. That's great. That's so good to hear. So then was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? 
everything. (laughs) (laughs) I was a bride that I had a lot of moments of stress before the wang, but the closer it got, the less stressed I got because there was the less I could change. We had like a 60-month engagement, so there was a lot of time for second-guessing yourself. I think the top three things that I had some worries about. The top one was my dress because when I actually bought my wedding gown, there was someone I'm friends with who actually hated it and just was very honest. That was like, it doesn't look good on you. This isn't the right dress for you. This is the dress you should have gotten, etc. And it just like crushed me. And for months, I would go back and forth and back and forth. Oh, should I buy a new dress or shouldn't I? And finally, a couple of my bridesmaids were like, Kristen, you just need to commit to the dress or not commit to the dress and just deal with it either way. And honestly, when I got to my final fitting and saw it, I loved it. And on my wedding day, I felt amazing. And I think the thing is, it was silly to let it bother me, but also, I mean, it's an important garment. It's your wedding dress, but you've got to balance that in your mind with it's a dress, you know, it's just a dress. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a very important one and it's an emotional decision, but I wish I hadn't worried about so much because I looked great and everyone the day of the wedding thought I looked amazing and it was silly to worry about. Also, I think when you have a longer engagement, you have to be careful, like I said, of not second guessing. Like I went through this period where I was like, none of my venues are right. You may remember this from Facebook. (laughs) I was like, none of my venues are right. I should have gotten married in Animal Kingdom. I had my reception at Animal Kingdom and my matron of honor, my best friend, she was like, animal kingdom she's like when i think of you i think of retro and disney so you know boardwalk and all that makes sense she's like i've never thought of you as an animal kingdom person and for like a week i was convinced that i picked the wrong venues and then a couple weeks later i'm just like what am i thinking no my venues are fine so you just i think a lot of it's the internet it's great for resources but there's so much on it that you can just start seeing other dresses and other venues and you just start second guessing yourself so you really just need to like pick something and stick with it and finally I was really worried about like guest happiness you know will they like Disney will they think it's tacky you know will the longer reception be okay will everyone be bored and everyone had a great time and a lot of people said it was the best swing they had been to and especially the food they love the food (laughs) so it was really just some a few things that really there's nothing worth worrying about at the end of the day you'll be married and if things go great cool and if they don't well, make the best of it, you know. So those were probably my big things. Okay, so is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now other than like not reading the internet? (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. I mean, for timeline, if we had done a 2 p.m. ceremony, it would have segued better in with the dessert party without having to extend anything. But I love how our day turned out. And I honestly wouldn't change a thing. Even the things that went quote-unquote wrong like the organ and stuff I loved them how they turned out so I don't really think I'd change anything that's wonderful so do you have any tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms don't second guess yourself (laughs) and yeah just be careful of the internet like it's a great resource but it can get overwhelming and sometimes you just start second guessing yourself when you really shouldn't because your day is going to be amazing and often your first choice was your gut instincts to just trust that (laughs) So speaking of the internet, is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? I have a planning journal on the Diz boards and I'm planning on doing a trip report also. We will be getting our professional photos soon and I will send them to you when that happens so people get to see that. But as of now, I'd say just stay tuned on the Diz boards and eventually I'll get around to putting up a trip report. (laughs) That's great. 
Well, Kristen, thank you so much. This has been really informative, and I loved following up with you on some of the things we had spoken about earlier to see how they turned out. And I think it's really instructive for someone who's considering having a Disney wedding. So thanks for sharing. No problem. It was great to be back on the show. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com.